Showtime. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. We might as well have a good time. We're here to fuck shit up. With Ad Walsh Disney. Then I walk away and you're like, damn, he likes to party with two R's. At Still Smooth Productions. 60% of the time, it works every time. And the man you know as the smartest idiot in the world. I'm going to continue. Don't ever interrupt me again. At St. Bales. I'm not prepared. I really am not prepared at all. Welcome to the 21st century, Buck Rogers. Yo, welcome in, everybody. Welcome back in to the BNP, and this is a bold nonsense podcast, the flagship show, if you will. The red light is on. The red light means stop thinking, get a little senseless with me on 325-2021. Yes, that is this Thursday, Thursday of this week, episode 150. Here we go. We missed last week. Um, you know, kind of a kind of an executive decision, and yes, it'll just be me. Smooth is on vacation, and he was last week as well. So I thought, you know what, this is kind of a dead period in sports. Uh, you know, this between this week, March Madness taking their little break right now, uh, and until today, really, sports was dead. There was nothing really happening after football free agency, middle of the break of March Madness, uh, NBA deadline, trade deadline, which we will talk about, had not hit, and, and so there was nothing really going on. And I kept thinking, none of these Jabrons have anything to talk about. Bang. You kick it a week. Now we got a lot to talk about. So, going to have a great show. Uh, we will do, like I said, NBA trade deadline. We will talk uh, some free a- NFL free agency, round out some of the moves that happened from last week, and some of the, the, the ones that are still going on this week, some smaller ones though. And yeah, got to update the bracket. But, uh, like we say, this is episode 150. I'm Walsh Disney, happiest host on earth you took journalism yeah get out of here very glad to be with you this week uh be back at it and like we always do no random thoughts when i'm by myself don't want to sound like a crazy person any more than i do when i just give my opinions on stuff so let's hit trivia right away trivia Gonna make that your final answer? You think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? Trivia from a couple weeks ago was like this. Who coined the phrase March Madness? So obviously this is before all the madness started, but who coined the phrase March Madness? That was everybody's good friend Brent Musburger in 1982 brought that to us. Uh, So a long time after the tournament 
began, uh, it, it came in 1982. Pretty wild. That it doesn't get him anything, but it's pretty impressive that he's the one that coined it. This week's question goes like this: What is the record for most NBA teams played for in a career? So one more time for you. I mean, with with you know a lot of players changing teams, what is the record? For most NBA teams played for in a career. Find out on the next show on episode 151 while we go to the very NBA specific news. I've just been handed an urgent news story and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. This is the fucking news. News, 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 news. We're news too. Only news told much later. See the game last night? Which game? Any of them. Passes it to the man, shoots it, and boom goes the dynamite. Fantastic. I am so sorry. Someone put the story in all capital letters and I, I thought I was supposed to yell it. Let's get to some of the major moves here. So I didn't do every single one, but I wanted to hit some major ones that really affect uh, some of the bigger names, um, some of the, um, I don't want to say more in contention teams, because some of these are a little lower, but I do want to hit some of these moves. Like the Magic and Denver getting together and moving some players. The Nuggets get... Aaron Gordon and uh, Gary Clark. So the Nuggets get Aaron Gordon and Gary Clark. The Magic get Gary Harris, RJ Hampton, and a protected 2025 first. Uh, one, uh, a pick that everyone's going to forget about by the time we even get there. So the Magic obviously selling off. They are second to last in the East. And the Nuggets trying to get in position at five in the West right now to push towards the top uh, as we get later into the season or once you get into the playoffs even make that push more most likely you know with uh, the time it takes for teams to uh, new players to get acclimated to each other so uh, interesting there getting Aaron Gordon who's been playing very well uh, and then the next trade we've got Magic and Bulls trade the Bulls get Vucevic and Alfaruk Aminu and the Magic get Otto Porter Jr., Wendell Carter Jr., and two first-round picks. So, again, uh, the Magic going younger uh, in Wendell Carter, especially there, and the two picks. And the Bulls, who are outside the playoffs, getting a big piece in Vucevic, uh, especially. Um, and then Miami did a lot. I felt like Miami was all over the place today. They are sitting at five in the East, and they are making a bunch of moves, like getting Victor Oladipo for Kelly Olenek and Avery Bradley. So they went uh, even bigger bigger name, more star power. Stars, maybe putting it, maybe overstating it, but getting a very good player um, and, and getting the bigger name for instead of depth so you can kind of see where Miami is going and how they're feeling with that move there excuse me got something in my mouth that doesn't work when you got a podcast um Raptors and Blazers made a move Gary Trent and Rodney Hood for Norman Powell if you have listened to this show at all especially when we get into the 
the crux of the NBA when the NBA gets stuff um, gives us stuff to talk about, which is not every week, but you know, they're fun. You'll know that me and Neil, good old Neil over there, a couple miles east of me, we don't get along very well. And when I saw this, I was not a fan. Still not. You know why? You're giving away the wrong two. You want to get rid of one. Don't bring. Don't give the one that actually tries on defense. That is younger. That is going to cost us less. Not that that's a huge day, deal in the NBA, but it is some sort of a deal. Why is it that we got... I, I Norman Powell, I, I read, you know, I've, I've looked into him a little bit. You know, don't, obviously don't see Toronto as much as I get to see the Blazers. But looked into Norman Powell, who we got for Gary Trent and Rodney Hood. And I, I don't hate the move. It made me hate the move less. But at some point, you gotta stop bringing in people who can't play defense. Not the biggest, defense isn't the biggest thing in the NBA, but it is still a thing. You still do need it to compete in the playoffs. Every year, we shut down in the playoffs because we can't play freaking defense. Uh, This should have been CJ. And until we, until anybody who's listening that is a Portland fan, and until, Neil Shea's definitely not listening, but until he gives up this Dame and CJ pairing that will not work, will not work, and it's been proven, we're banging our faces into a concrete wall and losing and then continuing to do it. Our medical bills have to be real high at this point because this is ridiculous. This doesn't, you can't have two small guards who can't play defense and who need the ball to be more effective. You can't run that into the playoffs. This just does not work. If this had been CJ, you get more back, uh, even get a little bit of depth, maybe at the big position, and bring in Norman Powell, I would love that move. Because at least you're doing something. You're not being insane. Being the the very definition of what insanity is. That's what this move is. It's just more of the same. More of be in the very middle of the West and not make a run in the playoffs. That's what that is. Again. But, you know, most Blazers fans, most Blazer fans totally fine with that. Totally fine with the mediocrity. And then I get yelled at because I would like to win at some point in my lifetime. That would be nice. Just understand where I'm coming from in this. It's the one where I want to win a championship, celebrate a championship, not celebrate making it past the first round of the playoffs. That, not necessarily good enough for your boy. But I seem to be the minority. Frustrating, but that's fine. We move on. Moving on. To JJ Reddick going to Dallas. This move I actually do like a lot. When your centerpiece is Luka, and you've got a really good playoff of him with the unicorn and then you just keep adding playmakers shooters around him around those two really 
That's nice. I, I, I really like the way they're building this, building their offense. It seems like they've got a very specific thing that they're going for. And they are uh, you know, crossing sports here. But in the NFL, when you bring somebody in, you want to put that offense around them. Build it to them. Make sure that they have the pieces they need to succeed. And that's what it seems like Dallas is doing with Luka is this is what his skill set is. Let's bring in the pieces that make that skill set really shine and then put an offense to do the same. So I like what Dallas is doing. I like what Dallas is doing a lot. And then a smaller move here, but Rondo goes to the Clippers. Lou Williams goes to Atlanta. Uh, So for the Clippers, who are sitting at three in the West, uh, I kind of like that getting... They've got they've got scorers. They've got people who are there to make offensive plays. Lou Williams seemed a little redundant this whole time. Rondo brings in a little bit of edge, a little bit of defense, a little bit of uh, maybe offensive control, a little calmer, calming presence, uh, which I don't hate for the for the Clippers. And then in Atlanta, who needs probably a second scorer, let's uh, be you know. Needs somebody who who can who can fill a bucket, you know. That to me it seems like Atlanta is a less rounded offense, more centered around Trey Young, more needs him to get a bucket. This is nice because it does let Trey Young relax at some point in time, uh, and helps him out. So I like adding a score for Atlanta, and I like almost losing a score for the Clippers. Okay. So that's really all the news. We just wanted to run down some big some big moves in the NBA. And now I've got two different recess games that we're going to get to right now. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. But not this game. This is your time. Oh boy, is this great! Welcome to the show where everything's made up and the points don't matter. The first game that we want to play, like I said, need to hit the NFL and kind of round out uh, the the total moves. So I thought, let's go through each division in the NFL and just rank the teams. This is going to be pretty rapid fire. We're just going to try and fly through each of these. And I'm going to rank each team one to four in each division in the NFL. Kind of run down uh, why I put them there in a sentence or two. So, let's kick it off. And I'm just going to go both east, west, north, and south. That'll be the order. So, AFC East to start. We've got the Jets, Patriots, Dolphins, and Bills. I've got the Bills still being the first... The, the best team in that division. Uh, you know, they brought back everybody. Matt Milano, who was huge when he was out last year. They they were a lot worse. Bring back, pretty much stay the same. Uh, with the draft coming up, now you've got a really good foundation set. Let the draft supplement make you even better in certain areas. You bring back everything. You, you know you're good. Make the draft keep get you better. Patriots at two, who made a bunch of moves that we've talked about, especially on drinking in the draft. Getting more edge guys, getting pe- getting the defensive line figured out, uh, you know, bringing in tight ends, 
to really shore up this offense and make it what you want, have always wanted it to be. All the money they spent made them a lot better. They are the second best team in this uh, division. Dolphins at three. And I will say, this was I had to think about you know three or four here. The Dolphins got a little bit of line help. They bring in some more playmakers. They get a linebacker. But really, what they're waiting for is this draft to really fill them out. If they can do that, they'll probably uh, compete for maybe even that second spot. But right now, they're firmly at three with the Jets, who I think are climbing. They are climbing. It's slow, but they're climbing. And I like some of the moves they made. Getting weapons on the outside. They do need to make get a lot of help on the offensive line. But it's slowly getting better. And they're ma- always making good signing signings. And, and that's what you need. It's, uh, it, it's a creeping, creeping improvement from the Jets. But they are getting better. They are at four. NFC East. I have the Cowboys at one. Look, you still need a quarterback. And we know Dak can do it. And that's who they got. They signed their quarterback. And they've made other small improvements. Especially on the defensive line. Where their run defense was terrible last year. We know they're skilled. And we know that they can get better on the offensive line in the draft. So I've got the Cowboys at one still. Definitely the most talented team. Washington football team at two. And I almost put them at one. I was very very tempted to put them at one with some of the things they've done. Uh, bringing in William Jackson at corner. That kind of is basically one of their only needs. They can get better places, but they don't need to get better anywhere defensively. And then offensively, bringing Curtis Samuel. So now you've got more than just the one receiver that everybody just focuses on. Uh, so that helps. But Ryan Fitzpatrick is so up and down, I couldn't put them at one. I know we all love Fitzy. But he is up and down. That's the point of Fitzmagic. So I put him at two. Giants also making good moves. But they're still at three. Uh, They are putting more things around Daniel Jones. Getting Kenny Galladay. uh, And I think Keelan Cole. uh, From the Jags. And re-signing Leonard Williams. But I think they still need to really nail this draft. And probably... Uh, still need to get pieces around it. Plus, we don't know what Daniel Jones is going to be. We don't know uh, what this team is going to be. They were defensive-led last year. That's trying to turn. How was Joe Judge in year two when people don't know what's coming? Or people know what's coming, excuse me. So, Giants at three, Eagles at four. They haven't done anything to help them, uh, except, I guess, get rid of Wentz. Would they consider that helping them? But I don't trust... I don't, I don't trust where they're going at this point. They're not good. AFC West. Uh, Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. That's who we're dealing with here. The Chiefs are still at one. They signed Joe Tooney. Basically, their only issue for was their offensive line, and they tried to help that. You know, maybe Kyle Long doesn't work, but you gave him a, he is he was a good player has been and maybe he's healthy now so you give him an opportunity Joe Tooney has been a great player uh, even as much as last year so you help the offensive line you still have more work to do but you can do it so the Chiefs still have Patrick Mahomes Chargers at 2 Chargers are on the rise they get healthy they sign the be- one of the best uh, top 3 center in the NFL to help Joe Burrow, or excuse me, Joe Burrow, to help Justin Herbert, um, and 
And you keep you keep a good amount of weapons inside Jared Cook. So I really like what the Chargers are doing, and I think they go. Uh, their defense improves with the new head coach. So Chargers at two, Raiders at three. Their offensive line goes from a strength to a potential weakness, but they do get help along the defensive line where they were terrible. Uh, so if they can just keep keep that offense where it was. Um, with the the downgrade in offensive linemen and get the defense to play a little, little bit better, then I think they're ready. The Broncos, I do love those the moves that they made signing two corners that I think helps gets them better right away. They've got good weapons. They've got a good secondary now to go along with the front seven that Vic Fangio always gets to play well. But what's the quarterback like? So they're at four. NFC West, this might shock a little people. Might shock people. NFC West, Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams, Niners. Number one is the 49ers. I love the moves that they made. Number one, getting done with last year and getting healthy is the biggest thing. They re-signed both of their corners. They're going to get most of their defensive line back. That was injured last year. They re-signed Trent Williams and bringing Alex Mack, who is still a top six, top seven center in the NFL. And you and when he was always playing his best with Kyle Shanahan. So now you've got a great center to really shore up the offensive line, which had its struggles last year. Uh, and you lose Kendrick Bourne, but you've got one of the deepest NFL receiver drafts coming up. So 49ers at one. I think health is their key. Rams at number two. Obviously bringing in Stafford. They re-signed Leonard Floyd. So you kind of keep it. You They actually did lose a good amount of pieces in the secondary on their defense, which worried me a lot. So I had to go look it up. I think they can still be okay. They've always been big names over depth, and that's what they still are. They've just upgraded that quarterback position by so much. I think they're two. Seahawks at three, and I flipped the Cardinals and the Seahawks back and forth before I finally made my decision to keep the Seahawks at three. Um, they haven't gotten any, they haven't gotten much better. I mean, they got Gabe Jackson at guard. So there you go. Uh, that helps the offensive line significantly, to be honest. Um, but the defense, they lose a corner and their corner was, their corners were terrible last year. So uh, the defense is what it was, is going to be the same as it was last year. The offense gets a little better. They're at three. The only reason I put the Cardinals, I didn't put the Cardinals over the Seahawks, is because I don't know, I don't really trust that offense. I don't trust it. The offensive line is better. Yes, the defense will be better. Although the secondary might not be better. So really what it came down for me is, is Kyler as awesome as we think? I mean, he wasn't great as a passer last year. And once he got hurt, which small people tend to do in the NFL, he became kind of average. And the offense doesn't adjust. I don't know if I trust this heavy pass, uh, you know, spread everybody out in the NFL yet. I got to see it to believe it with the Cardinals. They're at four. AFC North, Steelers, Browns, Ravens, Bengals. Number one is the Browns. This is one of the most talented teams in the NFL, period. Their offensive line, amazing. They kept pretty much the pretty much on offense, they kept the status quo, but they went and attacked the defense and made that a lot better. 
The Rams secondary we just talked about, they lost a bunch of players. They went to the Browns. Troy Hill and John Johnson both went there. So that secondary, immediate upgrade. You've got another corner on the other side of Denzel Ward. You've got another safety. Now you've got three good safeties to play with. Miles Garrett, um, you know, has his stuff, but he seems to like get it all figured out. Good for him. Um, and they brought in Malik Jackson on the interior. So they just got a lot better defensively, and that's before the draft to even get younger, cheaper, better. I would, If I were the Browns, I would put five, at least four of the seven picks I've got in the draft to the defense and, and really keep upgrading that. But they're the best team in the AFC North, according to me, according on, you know, what, freaking March 25th. Uh, the Ravens at two. Ravens bring in a guard, and that was the big move. Get that offensive line back to the top tops in the NFL, and you're back to moving. The, the defense is always going to be good. The Steelers are at three. They pretty much bring back everybody uh, and, and sign a corner and a, and a tackle, like a flyer on a tackle. The moves didn't upgrade that team enough to make them significantly better than last year. The Bengals significantly better than they were. I still, the past two off seasons, I love their free agency moves. It's just, again, kind of like the Jets, it's slow. They are they are on the ladder now. I would even say they're the second rung on the ladder, but they're, they haven't caught anybody. They're still four. NFC North, Packers won, easy, bring back a good team. Vikings, two. Uh, they've made some good improvements, especially on the defensive line. It's going to help them a lot. Lions, three. They're confusing. Who knows what they're doing? Bears, four. They're terrible. AFC South, the Colts at number one. Go get yourself a quarterback with a great offensive line. Have pieces for him. I think this is going to work with Wentz. And then the defense, keep everything the same, but be able to add in the draft. So I really like what the Colts are going to did because basically they just kept a real they're kind of like the bills they keep everything the same upgrade at quarterback go in the draft attack it and make your team even better that i like a lot i've got the jags at two in the afc south they brought in a lot of veterans to make them really deep to go along with the young talent that they already had two edge two three edge rushers i think um, that they've got that can make plays. A corner, now a corner that they just drafted rookie season last year. Uh, they've got they bring in Shaquille Griffin to play the other corner. So good, not great, but you're good there. Uh, you so you're helping that defense a lot. And then when you bring in Marvin Jones, he's the number two. Now you actually have a really good set of skills positions, and you keep throwing in leaders. You know, I like that um, with the people that they've added. It's just people who have been around, people who aren't going to make a big scene, people who can teach those young guys how to be pros. That I like a lot. Jags at two, their ceiling could be very high. I'm talking like this year's Dolphins high. Titans at three. I think they lost a lot. I don't love them losing Corey Davis. I think that actually, I think Corey Davis is underrated in terms of what he meant to the offense. Johnny Smith also think he was underrated. To lose both of those guys 
Don't really know where they go from here. Plus, they lose their offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith. So, I feel like there's a lot more questions with the Titans. Uh, if this was a a bigger market, like, t- people tend to forget about the Titans. If people didn't tend to forget about the Titans, I think we'd be talking about how they could potentially be not that great next year a lot more. And Texans at four. I actually, this is going to sound crazy, but I do, I, there's a lot of moves that the Texans made that I love. They're getting uh, people who can play for cheap, and they're at least getting themselves to competitive. And that's really important. And they're getting their cap figured out. They're getting picks. Like the, They're sneaky making moves to make themselves a lot better. Um, I think this new GM is going to work. NFC South, the last division. Bucks pretty much stayed the same. They're the exact same as they were last year, and they just won the Super Bowl. You can't have them at anywhere but one. Saints at two. Yes, you lost Drew Brees, but you bring people who've been in that system back. And uh, other than that, you pretty much keep the team the same. It was a good team. If that quarterback room works out, which you invested in them for a reason, then you're going to be the same, which is a pretty freaking good team. Panthers at three. Uh, Panthers have made moves, nothing huge, nothing splashy, but they're getting incrementally better. Um, this is going to work, the Panthers. Very excited about them. Maybe not this next year, but the year after that, that's when I'm really going to be putting expectations on the Panthers. But right now they're at three. Falcons at four. Haven't done anything. Weren't that good last year. Four. Okay. So we called that one. That whirlwind of a lot of information we called that better or worse and and i think a lot of teams got better but now you know it is the crazy season it's madness really it's madness this is madness i want to just update the bracket mine sucks by the way because of all the madness it's insane but my bracket is terrible now we still got gonzaga in you know, Gonzaga and Creighton. Creighton, I did have at least winning a game. But, you know, you've got or- Pac-12 just coming in, just wrecking things. USC and Oregon playing. Uh, Michigan is interesting. I think Gonzaga is easily the, the best team still left. Michigan, interesting. Big. Uh, I wouldn't say particularly fast. And, and they've kind of got this... They've got this thing with that... Former when former NBA players or NBA coaches come to the college ranks as as coaches, um, they tend their teams tend to have this thing where uh, they their players feel like they can act like NBA players, and the coaches don't squash that because that's what they're used to. So this isn't really a negative, but Juwan Howard coming from the NBA, being there for so long, his players do have this. Um, kind of NBA feel where it's a it's a lot more trying to engage with the officials. Uh, it's a lot more um, loose. And sometimes that can create some undisciplined play when the emotions get to that level because they're not NBA guys. These aren't professionals. They're not adults. They are kids in college. And I think we tend to forget that sometimes. So when you let your team be that way, like the last game that Michigan was playing, they're trying to close it out, and uh, 
when they're playing LSU, they're trying to close it out. And their point guard, who I'd really like their point guard, uh, he had like three turnovers in the last couple of minutes. And that is that undiscipline, that sloppiness that can happen when you get this, get like this. So I'm interested to see them going forward. Jawan Howard's doing a great job. I really like him as a coach. Uh, he still has this one thing that he's done a decent job with. Like, I think he realizes it. He just hasn't kind of crushed that yet. Uh, like their, their big center, Dickinson, he talks. He, there's a lot of complaining going on with him instead of playing. And I think that could hurt them. So I'm very interested to watch them going forward because they're playing a team in Florida State that will not have that mentality. UCLA and Alabama. Alabama is just just wild. I think the break is going to help Alabama a lot. Um, going from, what, Tuesday to Saturday. That break, that brings your legs back. And for a team that shoots the three like Alabama does, you need time because your legs will start to give out. Uh, you just look at Colorado, who is, uh, they shoot a lot of jump shots. When their point guard came off the floor, he said, I'm so fucking tired to his coach. That's what happens when you play these games back to back to back and your legs start to go. Uh, Baylor and Villanova will play. I'm going to take Villanova in that one. I like Villanova. They made it here. I think they take Baylor. Um... Uh, Arkansas and Oral Roberts. This will be just a crazy game. The Oral Roberts is, is you know, this is the crazy, I, I think it's the most mad Matt March Madness that we've ever had. This is has the highest sum of all seeds. So if you take all the, all the you know, seeds left of each team, that number adds up to be the most that it's ever been until the, the highest average average seed it's almost at six it's like 5.8 um is the average seed left for this sweet 16 highest sweet 16 average ever highest total sum ever this is wild and oral roberts definitely uh contributing to that loyola chicago and they're playing oregon state so this crushes me but i love loyola chicago uh just the way people are talking about him having heard some stuff about them since you know during this break the way they play the game is just they're really smart and that's really hard to beat sometimes when you don't have as much time to prepare for a team when you are quick going back to back to back like i'm saying it's hard to prepare when you've never seen a team you've never seen the way they play you've never felt uh that that type of game before it's very hard to prepare for I think Loyola Chicago is prepared, is uh, perfect. They're primed for this kind of tournament, where it's very quick, uh, and it's very it's you're seeing it's one and done. That's Loyola Chicago, that gives them an advantage. I think. So I, again, I I've got them winning that one, although they are eight twelve, and then Syracuse and Houston. Syracuse, uh, I heard it explained very well what, this week, is just that they have all the answers. When you do the same thing, then you can prepare for the same way people will try and beat you. So with their 2-3 zone, everybody runs the same. Basketball, there's not uh, just endless plays. So people try and often beat them in the same ways. And they practice how people will try and beat them. So oftentimes, they know what the offense is going to do just as well as the offense does at this point. Very interesting with Syracuse. 
Um, that'll be a good game with Houston. So, like I say, you know, my bracket's terrible. It, it freaking sucks. But it is very fun to watch. You know, I, I'm getting to see a lot of... Uh, I don't love when the games are played. You know, I drive a lot for work, so I don't get to watch these. Obviously, I can't watch while... I can watch while driving. But it's frowned upon, you know. It's frowned upon these days. But I do get to see a good amount of them, uh, like when I get when I get home from work and when I'm on the treadmill and stuff like that. So, it's a lot of fun. Um, I'm just loving the fact that we're getting... March Madness. And not only that, but it is crazy. The fact that it's, you know, after all we've gone through and losing sports for this time, the fact that we just get to watch these guys compete and get to watch the upsets. And, and yes, it does suck for the people that lose, but watch these guys who weren't supposed to do anything do something is amazing to me. Um, and, you know, I'll say it. I'm grateful that we get to watch this. It's pretty cool. Uh, having a good time and to me the I feel like one of the things I was thinking about today is just the it seems like college basketball and the NBA are are they might as well be two different sports at this point they are they are quickly flying away from each other to the point where it's almost two different sports you you see the totals I, I don't know if uh, I know Z and I brought this up we've talked about it I don't know if we did it on the pod but how, you know, Smooth says, I'm not really used to how low the scores are. Like, I can't, I'm not, he's not conditioned for that. And I'm not used to how high the scores are in the NBA. So, like, I think he likes the NBA style more, the more one-on-one, the more three-centric, uh, the higher scores. I like college basketball, where it's more team-oriented, the ball moves more. And yes, the skill level is not as high, so shots might be missed. But there's also better defense being played uh, as a as a whole. Um, so this is basically becoming two different sports. It's very interesting to see. It'll be very interesting to see uh, as we go moving forward, especially with it. It seems like we're getting closer and closer, if not def- definitely getting the end of the one and done. I I am very excited to see where basketball and specifically college basketball and the NBA move forward towards this. There you go. That's episode 150. Couple games for you. Wanted Had to break down the bracket. Had to go through the end of the NFL free agency and hit the, the trade deadline passing for the NBA. Hit those. Keep it nice and uh, nice and tight for you. That's the show. Other than, other than this, drinking in the draft every Tuesday. It'll be out. We're breaking down everything. We just did our first mock last week. That was a great conversation. Just seeing where free agency, NFL free agency left the draft and how it affects everything and how it all connects at this point. The NFL doesn't have an offseason. It's just three different seasons. There's the NFL season proper. There's the free agent season. There's the draft season. And then that rolls right back into the NFL season. It's pretty awesome for people who do a podcast. Drinking in the draft, going strong. We've got uh, tackles, which the NFL can't find tackles. This draft class is very good tackles. So it's going to be huge to make your team better. Better listen to that one. That comes out on Tuesdays. Uh, Other than that, if you disagree with anything I just said, hit me up. Twitter, bold underscore nonsense. Or on Instagram, bold dot nonsense. 
you know, even when we do random thoughts, Briz, our boy Briz, list, loyal listener, hit me up just like a week or two ago uh, about something I said in random thoughts he disagreed with. And I loved getting to hear that. He even swayed my opinion. I think it was when Smooth brought up, would you rather get like free gas or free flights? I said free, gra- free gas. Briz hit me up. And now I'm kind of switching over to free flights. Uh, if you don't like the social media game, go ahead and email, a, email us at boldnonsensepodcast at gmail.com. Look for the show Saturdays and then our offshoots. This this season, our offshoot podcast is on Tuesday. I'm at Walt Disney. If you love it, love us. This is the BNPN. This is the Bold Nonsense Podcast. This is your invitation to keep the madness rolling. And this is your invitation to stay senseless. It's over. Go home. Go.